Hi, you're tuning in to the Thank You Enjoy podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Ethan. And this is our podcast where we talk about Asian and Asian American culture and media. We will also be sharing our analyses and personal thoughts on Asian American identity and diaspora. Hello, welcome to Thank You Enjoy. You're listening to our Asian American media podcast. And today's episode is going to be on the reality show on HBO Max, House of Ho. And we have a special guest. A returning guest, actually, Cindy Chu. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Ethan. <laughs> Welcome yes. back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Woo! Insert audience applause. <laughs> I'm gonna. This is a new thing, and thank you, enjoy. Where yeah. may, may I may or may not add clapping in the beginning. Really? In the add background. clapping. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Um, welcome back, Cindy. Is really we're really happy that you're on here with us, and I'm really glad we got to talk about the show. You know, um, I was saying before our recording session that you were the one who wanted to push for this episode. I, well, I'm not putting it all on you, but I remember you were really enthusiastic about being on this people episode. People hate it. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, you, I remember you were very enthusiastic. And um, I think, you know, um, I feel like you were the reason I ended up watching the show by Transitive Property. You recommended it to Brianna. And then because of that, Brianna watched it and Brianna recommended it to me. Similar to when you recommended How To With John Wilson. Um, I ended up watching it indirectly because of your recommendation. <laughs> now, Cindy, the first question I want to ask is how did you hear about the show? Oh, this is so um, stereotypical, but I think I actually saw it on Subtle Asian Traits um, because Washington Ho had posted about it. Um, His actual Facebook account. Yeah, yeah, actually the real Washington Ho <laughs> had posted on Subtle Asian Traits telling everybody um, to watch the show. And then it got a lot of you know, engagement on Facebook or whatever, um, because people, um, anytime there's representation that is like, like quote trashy, um, it seems to get a lot of attention. So I saw it there for, yeah. I see, I see. Okay. Um, and the reason we're doing this episode now and almost like nine months after the show came out is that Allison recently watched it. So I really wanted to ask, um, both of you, and I think I'll start with Cindy first. Um, what were your overall impressions of the show after you watched it? Um, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I like one, it's entertaining as reality TV. Two, like I thought it was such an interesting way to kind of cover multi-generational conflicts and like what it means to like live in a multi-generational family and what it means to like live the like quote American dream and you know what it means to be a woman in that space what it means to be like uh, between two worlds um in that space and like it's one thing <laughs> this is gonna be like a this is a really dumb quote from a friend of mine who like doesn't like watching um high art television or movies. <laughs> so one time he was like Cindy you can watch all these like Oscar winners that you want but reality tv is real life <laughs> <laughs> and I was like you're right you're <laughs> so right <laughs> yeah. um so it's just like I think reality tv is a really good way to kind of show this because it, it's just you know, we can write all the books that we want or make all the movies with like symbolism and stuff mm -hmm. that we want, but it's pretty rare that we actually get to see this kind of in media and not just in our own lives, you know? We can watch all these things that like, like fictional works or anything like that, um, that try to represent the community, but reality TV is like this new dimension of it. Is that what you're kind of saying? 
Yeah, yeah. Something that we don't see very often. It just felt very like fresh. I guess. A follow-up question is, did House of Ho feel authentic to you because of that? I would say House of Ho told these stories. I'm not sure if House of Ho did that intentionally. Mm, I see, um, I see. Yeah. It was kind of interesting seeing that storyline unfold in House of Ho as each episode unfurled. So how about you, Allison? What did you think when you first watched it? It's quite fresh in your memory from what I recall, too. Um, yeah, I watched it like two weeks ago. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I don't watch a lot of reality tv that is this type so like from what i got from it it was very much like an asian keeping up with the kardashians which i have never seen a single episode of you play the kim kardashian game don't you i do play the kim kardashian (laughs) hollywood game and i've gotten to number one three times thank you very much (laughs) thank you for bringing that up actually so i can flex on the podcast (laughs) it's actually like the opposite of a flex it's like so embarrassing allison's a gamer girl (laughs) I am a gamer. I play Maple Story every day. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think it was for me, it's kind of, I was just like, all right, what kind of problems do these people have? And I was surprised by what the problems were. And I was like, this is valid. <laughs> it was like, I was like, okay, this is like valid. For me, I was like, yes, these are like legit problems. And these are problems that I will probably never have in my life but these are valid problems to have. Right. So I think you were kind of, were you kind of expecting like in some way for it to be kind of like, oh, these are just first world problems, like rich people having rich problems and then having it to turn out to be about generational, generational interaction and things like that. Is that kind of what what, like surprised you about it? Right. And I think it's also just kind of like so much reality TV that we see is white reality TV and I was like expecting this to be like, all right, this is, they're just going to make it into like another one of these white Ameri- like white reality TV shows. Um, but like, obviously, race and culture had a huge part in, um, you know, how like things were portrayed and like what the types of problems were that I thought was like interesting. Got it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of interesting what you've said about whether it was going to be a... a um like a white show or not quote unquote I think I have a lot to kind of comment on that in terms of mm-hmm. something about the ending of the show that I think Cindy and I will definitely elaborate on and we're going to share the ending as well uh, so I started off the show I watched the first episode by myself and then immediately I texted Brianna saying this show is so trash I'm like why why I can't watch this like I don't have the patience to watch this there's too many cuts there's too many handheld cameras it's just a mess then I sat down for a little <laughs> and then I thought to myself my mom would really like this show And I started thinking about my childhood where I would spend evenings after school, once I finished all my homework, watching TLC with my mom. And we would watch all those like reality shows on TLC, like Kate Plus 8 or when it was John and Kate Plus 8, when they were still together. Or like my mom would even watch like The Little Couple or like um, that problematic family, um, 18 Kids and Counting. And she would watch all this. And the, the one thing that was prevalent throughout TLC was literally it was just all these white ass families on TLC and I grew up eating that shit up like I had no problem watching it then so why am I having a problem watching it now and I think it's also because I haven't watched reality TV in a while so then I told my mom hey you should watch this show and I started watching the first episode with her and I think that's how I got hooked in watching it with my mom somehow I tapped into some sort of childhood (laughs) regression of I can watch reality TV with my mom and so I was able to watch the whole show with her because of that and I kind of already knew what the story was going to go in the direction wise 
Um, but generally, um, I, I did enjoy the show for being entertaining. I have some problems with how it portrays certain things. We'll get into that. In terms of people in the show, I started the show thinking Washington was the hugest douchebag I've ever seen in my life. He would start, he started off the show going like, I love fusion and I love smoozing. Let's make some fucking money. Like he would just talk like a fucking frat though the whole time. And he like had no regard for his family. He was making Leslie do all the fucking work. Leslie is like the only character I actually liked in the show. And meanwhile, Judy, I was kind of like trying to understand her situation. I was like, okay, so she's like in a tough spot right now. Like, Obviously, her parents are taking care of her. She wants out of that. It seems like she wants out of that, at least. So I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And by the end of the show, I hated Judy. I thought she was the absolute villain of the show. And meanwhile, somehow the show got me sympathizing with Washington, where he went from frat bro talking about gambling and drinking to becoming someone who wants to be responsible for the family, where he ends up going, alcohol runs in my family. And I got to step it up if I want to be a good husband to Leslie and a good dad to the kids. <laughs> so anyways, I thought it was just really weird to see that story growth for Washington. And I ended up kind of sympathizing for him at the end. Um, the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, you know, I spent my whole childhood watching these white ass like TLC reality shows. So why can't we excuse that for Asian shows as well? And we we got to have a real trash TV too, you know? <laughs> so that's the way I saw it. I still see it as trash TV, but I did find it entertaining. And I learned to rediscover my love for the art of reality TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when we first watched it or when we watched the first episode, Alex was like, it feels like I'm watching satire, like a, like a wonky satire. Oh something. my God. Like, so weird to see Asian people in like such a like American like type of media I guess. A- Asian Bachelorette the Wong Fu video I think kind yeah. of like hinted at that aspect right like that's why it kind of feels like this can't be real can it like we're seeing yeah. Asian people in a trashy reality show <laughs> yeah Allison one thing you said about how you were kind of concerned if the show ended up being a white show um I think one thing that I kind of thought about a lot about this show is that the ending in particular made me kind of wake me up in terms of like okay this might be a reality show with Asian Americans in it but it still very much felt like a westernized show not only in like just the fact that it's American reality tv and it has that tv language of reality tv but also just how it chose to portray the ending and Allison you actually did not watch all of the last ending so allow me to kind of fill you in and Cindy you could jump into if there's something I might have missed but the ending of the episode is that spoiler alert Judy Ho has her birthday party and she's inviting all of the family to her birthday party. And in this birthday party, she's defying her parents' wishes to try to have the parents individually meet with her new boyfriend, who's that, you know, cute little doctor that she met. Her parents were pretty much saying, no, we can't meet him at the party. We got to meet him individually. That's just the way it is. Like, I think you have to owe that respect to your parents to do that. And Judy was like, fuck you guys. I'm not going to be controlled by my parents anymore. I'm just going to do what I want for my party. It's my party. I get to invite the whole family, including my boyfriend, because I love him and I want to, I want him to be there. And I don't want you guys to have to do this formality of meeting, having my parents meet him. So that happens already kind of a red flag. And then um, the big thing that happens at this party is that her boyfriend decides to propose to her at this party. And 
of course, it's kind of a shit show after that. I mean, the parents don't really express it that much, but they talk to the parents on camera and they straight up to say, we're incredibly disappointed that this has happened. And I will add that during the scene when the boyfriend proposes and she says yes and everyone seems happy, the music during this scene was very uplifting, kind of like your typical like reality TV, like, oh, a wonderful happily ever after type of music. Um, and so this was such a wild ending. Every time I like, I watched it with my mom and my sister, I knew what the ending was going to be. So I even recorded the reactions just to see how they would respond. And my mom and sister were like, oh my God, he proposed. And likewise, Brianna told me how they were screaming at the TV screen when it happened. And we just felt, all of us collectively just felt so much conflict with this ending because I was siding with the parents on this one, to be honest. I was kind of like, okay, like, I'm starting to understand. And, you know, I'm not Vietnamese American. None of us are Vietnamese American, but I wanted to talk about the show in the aspect of it's an Asian American reality show. They're going to be talking about Asian American culture. There's some things that we can all relate to because there's a lot of parallels between those cultures. And the respect to the parents thing, I totally understood. I understood why the parents actually would want to meet the boyfriend first before meeting him at a party in that kind of setting where everyone's drinking, everyone's drunk. So I just... That was the ending. And I think because they portrayed that ending so positively, it gave me the sense of like, okay, even though they wanted to do something about trying to portray Asian American culture, I think they portrayed a very one-sided aspect of it. They made the parents almost like the villains in this, in some way. They focused on Judy on being the main character in this reality show. And her big victory was standing up to her parents. But to me, her big victory was disrespecting her parents. And I saw her as an absolute villain because of it. That said, Cindy, how did you react with that crazy ass ending? I have so many things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fire off. I was I was also really shocked. So I I was also I was totally on the parent side. Also, I was like, I think that like, yeah, it makes sense that you would want to, you know, before someone proposes, like even in a non-Asian relationship, most of the time you'll meet them, like you'll know, have dinner or something. But I think that. The messiness of the ending, I think, is what made me love the show so much. I mean, okay, but like, like genuinely, like not from a thank you producers for giving us drama, but like in a, like that's what felt, I think, authentic to me. I agree that the producers did make the parents out to be the villain. I think they focused like, they spent like probably five minutes at the beginning of the show talking about how they were refugees that survived like the Vietnam war. And then they were like, okay, that's it. Now you're just controlling parents. Right. <laughs> um, just like, Jesus. okay. <laughs> All right. Let's just gloss over the trauma. Shall we? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also did really hate Judy at the end, but when I was talking to my friend, she was like, there's some admiration for Judy also in that she can be like 40 years old and she's lived her whole life one way and now she wants to prioritize herself and she wants to make herself happy right um and I mean she is literally like fuck you guys like I'm doing what I want um but thinking introspectively about how I also agreed with the parents and not with Judy it's kind of like where do we meet in the middle like why do I feel like I need to meet my parents expectations for like what I should be as a woman how I should be in a relationship like why is it that I feel like I need to adhere to those things um even if like you know with like third third wave feminism and stuff like that uh, like right, right, that, right. it's just the battle between you know being 
a, a woman and, and being like a good Asian daughter, at what point is prioritizing yourself over your parents like not good? And at what point is prioritizing like your family over yourself not good? It's, it's kind of like, like in Asian culture in general, we tend to take the family or the collective or the group or community over the individual. Um, and we are stuck in that place where we have to fight mm-hmm. between what we should prioritize and what we shouldn't. I think watching that ending kind of was interesting because I could see like where I fell on that line in between those mm-hmm. two polar sides. I don't know that it should have been a happy music kind of ending. Also, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> but like, like I said, I think the beauty of House of Hope is not necessarily in the intent of it, but what this production like showed um, mm-hmm. accidentally or not. That's a good point. We, we reevaluate our own values because we're watching this crazy ass show unfold and it allows us to reflect because of that. Um, I like that. That's actually mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, so Allison, for you, in t- when you were watching the show and you're kind of seeing Judy's relationship with her parents, and also now that you know the ending, like, how do you feel about that overall portrayal and dynamic portrayal? I feel like I'm going to start with the ending because I think <laughs> when you were telling me like what happened and like knowing the doctor's personality, I'm very surprised that he had the confidence to (laughs) propose at a party just because I I felt like he seemed like a very like caring and understanding person but also not someone and also just like I felt like he was very timid like yeah yeah. I think when he was like first introduced I was like oh my god Judy is gonna steamroll the crap out of this guy (laughs) like like she's like 100% gonna like dominate this relationship so I feel like you telling me that he proposed is interesting and it makes me wonder if you know because I watched like Bachelor in Paradise or like I watched you know like other reality TV shows and I like just question if the producers had any hand in why he proposed like you know it's it's you know episode eight like something big obviously had to happen at this party so it's like how much of him proposing was actually his own idea or was it manipulated behind the scenes? That's so I did end up pushing it back. I think there was like text right. at the end, right? Where yeah, there like... was like a little recap at the end. And they said that they ended up pushing that, uh, delaying their, um, there Delayed. was something like they were taking a break in terms of like reevaluating the relationship. They're still together, but like, I think they just called off the engagement itself, but still staying together just to take more right. time. Right, see, that makes yeah, me feel exactly. like, it yeah. makes me feel like that engagement was manipulated <laughs> for, for the season finale. Yeah. Um, I just feel like we get glimpses of Judy's strained relationship with her parents throughout the season. And part of it is because she was going through her divorce. And that was a really big thing in the Vietnamese community because like so many of them are like, you don't divorce your husband. Like you you stay in the marriage and you just try to figure out and how to make it work. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because so many people around her were just basically like, you need to just figure this out. Like you can't get a divorce. Like, and it made it seem like the divorce was the easy way out. So like, who's to say how much Judy has genuinely sacrificed Mm -hmm. because of her parents? Like we, I truly like don't know, and like God knows, like what I do to make my just to make my parents not pissed at me. So right, right, yeah. it, it's kind of like I wonder if like at that point, if Judy's like you know like I've sacrificed. She's even said it like in the show. She's like I've sacrificed so much just for like just to do like what my parents want. Like I married this guy, 
and she was like, I was like lonely for so much of the time with my kids because this guy just like wouldn't come home. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, she probably has had to like do so much of like what she didn't want to do for her parents mm-hmm. just to keep them happy that I'm like, all right, maybe her being like, just meet them at a party. That's her. That's like her one ask. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that is like her one ask. And she's like, and my parents wouldn't even do that for me. So I don't know. It just, I see that. I, I just see. feel like, I see. yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, like, I feel like, yes, the show showed a lot about the family, but there's probably still so much that we're not seeing. And that probably like, that definitely has something to do with like what we're seeing on TV. Hmm. That's very true. And it's scripted or not. Um, it is kind of interesting with the wedding proposal, how bold of a statement that kind of was too. As right. Well. Like, no way doctor guy there's no way he was like i'm going to propose like someone planted that that's like for sure planted that's a good point i mean suddenly i'm a little bit more sympathetic towards judy too because i i think the things i was taking into account was that a lot of her situation was provided by her parents and so i was kind of going off the things are transactional in this relationship between her and her parents her parents gave her that house and she has like a really nice house that her parents are gifting her essentially i do feel like if your parents are gifting you such a nice house like that it's it's almost like a threat you know it's kind of (laughs) do you know what I mean like it's kind of like hey like we're providing you this really nice house free of charge because we know how much you like like your cushy lifestyle like a gift of that much grander comes with strings attached right there's no way it doesn't come with strings attached yeah that's true and it's very transactional in nature in the relationship yeah it's like having your parents uh, pay for your wedding and they get to say what how it goes right right I get both sides and like you also have to like take into account like their old school parents and like Uh yeah and you know like that's hard to change like you it's you can't change their opinion like overnight you you just really see the intergeneration dynamic and struggles and it's that's just exponentially I feel like multiplied when they're also like immigrants and uh Vietnamese refugees (laughs) it's just kind of like god (laughs) like Ah, oh, there's just so much at play here. Like I'm like I'm like exhausted watching. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Judy can still be like such a so annoying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate everyone, honestly. <laughs> I hate everyone. Well, you get it, right? It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. It's they kept hinting at what Leslie and Washington's like secret was. And I thought Washington cheated on Leslie. That's what I was thinking. And then mm. when they when they said that it was um, him being an alcoholic, I was actually like, I was like, oh, like I, I was like surprised that, that was what the problem was. Um, but then they like talked about it and I was like, I, I see. And, you know, for a second, I was like, doesn't seem like he's going to give up alcohol for Leslie. Like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of rooting for him, too, to kind of run for that. And speaking of Washington's storyline, I now thinking about it, I do realize that Judy and Washington seem to kind of both be at odds ends with their parents. Whereas Washington is trying to live up to a certain expectation of like, whether it comes to alcohol culture, or even taking over the family business. I think that was kind of an interesting story arc to kind of see Washington kind of take the more moderate stance in terms of trying to please his parents or trying to navigate between looking after himself and also trying to broker some sort of relationship or um, compromise with his dad. Uh, whereas Judy was kind of the more aggressive, had the more aggressive approach, but also was at that same fundamental conflict of trying to want something that is in conflict with their parents. Actually, one of the highlight 
for me actually in the series was um Judy was talking about how Washington got sent to tennis camp and she was like he got sent because he was like the he's the first son and like uh-huh. they just like treated him better but then like we cut like there was like a scene where they cut to the dad and they're like no we sent Washington because he just needed to like ma- like strengthen up like he was like such a whip and uh, I think the yeah. producer and the, and the producer was like oh like why didn't you send Judy and then the dad was like because Judy's strong like she doesn't need it so like that was like I was like, how are you going to portray these people as villains? Like, they literally, (laughs) you know, like, that's what I mean, where it's like, we see things in a certain perspective, and then our parents don't relay their perspective to us. So we think a certain way, but then they're like, no, it's because you're strong. Like, that's why you didn't need it. Instead of, like, in our heads, like, it's favoritism. Like, they just hate me. So, like, that was really interesting to me. I was like, I for sure have thought stuff about my older brother. And I'm like, they just like him better. Like, they fucking hate me. But then it's like, all right, that's probably some stuff they like about me better. <laughs> this is like not on topic at all, but like Aunt Tina, I think when you're talking about alcoholism. Oh, I love like, Aunt Tina. <laughs> favorite character. We all have an Aunt Tina because <laughs> I have an Aunt Tina for sure. Because I'm Cambodian. My family lived through the Khmer Rouge um, and they were refugees. And like one of my aunts is like exactly like Aunt Tina. <laughs> Um, and they're always like, oh, she's like that because she like didn't actually have a chance to have a childhood when she was a teenager or a middle schooler or whatever. She was living through genocide. So she comes here mm. once she like has a job, makes money, sells. And of course she wants to have fun. Of course she wants to like be youthful, drink all the time, like like dress in like younger clothes than like people would think is appropriate or whatever. And I, I just like, I haven't seen a character like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and I I think just, like, the show in general, like, the most American dream-esque family, like, the shows, like, even if you achieve the American dream, like, you still, like, one, you're not truly American, just looking at all of these, like, cultural conflicts and looking at all these intergenerational conflicts, and I think it it just does, like, a really good kind of expose on how the American dream, like, you can get the American dream, but life still is hard <laughs> yeah that's, that's very true sucks. <laughs> when it comes to like trying to portray like asians on tv and things like that and giving them that representation i am getting that sense that like house of ho is on tv because they're a crazy ass family yeah but there's that initial draw that they're the crazy rich asian family and that this is a show about crazy rich asians and i i don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing shows like Bling Empire out on Netflix as well, which is another reality show about Crazy Rich Asians. And I'm like, what, how do you guys feel about this trend? You're forgetting the other one, Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives. I don't know that one, actually. <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing that one. Please, I'm going to avoid that one episode, But like these three, mm, Bling Empire, House of Ho, and Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives <laughs> all came out like within the same like few months it was crazy my god Um, (laughs) a smorgasbord of um, content (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i was talking to alex about it a little bit and he was like well like if you think about a lot of like the popular asian media that's been coming out like bling empire house of hope um but then also like parasite um and also like train to busan like these are all about class um, like a lot of popular Asian content um, has been about classism, which I thought was really fascinating um, because like obviously one subset of like 
the things I listed is, is like commentary on it. And then it almost feels like the other is like examples of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also wonder if there's some sort of like, not exoticism, but something that like captures people when they're like, what? Like rich Asians? (laughs) Yeah, I I guess there's some sort of novelty in that imagery as well. I think when people think Asian Americans, they're usually thinking the middle or upper middle class Asian Americans who live in suburbia, saved up enough money to buy a house in the suburbs of the city and like Mm -hmm. are living a modest life, like a la fresh off the boat or Mm -hmm. long for productions type of things. Mm So I guess if anything, it's something novel about that imagery. Allison, what did you think about, like, how do you feel about this trend or any thoughts on that? I feel like, again, this is like reality TV and this is like for, this is for entertainment, right? Uh-huh. This is real yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I don't know if you want to cut this part out, but I don't want to watch crazy poor Asian. <laughs> 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 like, like, okay, listen. Though. I mean, you make We're a watching- point. We're watching reality TV for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like if we're going to like be, if there's like a reality TV show about like the like bottom class of like Asian Americans, like scraping by making a living. I'm like, that's fucking depressing. Like, it's not a reality show anymore. It's a documentary at that point. Yeah. It, at that point, I'm like, this is like too real. And like, <laughs> I watched this show as like escapism, you know, like I watched okay, the show to enough. like, to like be a, a zombie. Like, I don't want to think too hard. You know, like, I just don't want to think that about real problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it gets too real, you know, you're like, <laughs> I don't know, watch that right now like gotta be in the right mindset if I'm going to watch about like legit people like struggling to get by um, that's, that's how I feel you know like like this is like for entertainment and you know we love to see what what rich people are up to I wonder what that life could be like and let's my glimpse into it <laughs> that's true I mean I think the draw of reality tv is that you can't believe that's real or that you can't believe right. that's reality. You think it's fake, but it actually is reality because it draws you into like, oh, this is actually happening. Like these are real people. In some ways, in order to have Asians on TV, we have to have something a little larger than life to make it interesting and make it actually something worth watching. Um, and like, because Crazy Rich Asians came out only like three years ago, then it's kind of like following that pattern of like, oh, Hollywood is cashing in on like the ex- extravagant lifestyle of Asian Americans. We might as well follow suit and go with the trend that Hollywood's going and make TV that way too. Two varying yeah. degrees of success and portrayal, I think, too. Um, I haven't seen Bling Empire or The Real Lives of Hollywood, Bollywood Wives. I've seen all of them. <laughs> I want to see the Bollywood Wives I want to see that, that Bollywood Wives one, too. That's like, the Bollywood that's Wives good. is crazy. I watched the first episode, and I was like, how did they find the lightest skinned oh <laughs> of course of course of course and that's that's also bollywood in a nutshell too right like yeah. i mean that, yeah. i mean in general i can't speak for just like um the country of india but like just in general colorism runs rampant across asian countries so it's like of course it's not a surprise um yeah. going back to like what allison was saying about scripted tv i did watch the first episode of bling empire and i only watched the first half of it because i couldn't continue on because of the fact that uh, one of the guys in Bling Empire was the former Red Power Ranger in the Power Ranger TV show. And really? there's a part where he's yelling at this woman on the phone. 
and it sounded like the worst acting I've ever heard in my life. Like it was like, like that's when I was like, okay, this show is definitely fake. At least House of Ho made it seem like it was real. Like, so I don't know. That that's just kind of like an interesting <laughs> thing of like there's varying levels of success and resonance that these shows will have with us. But it is kind of interesting seeing that trend. At the end of the day, we can't take reality TV too seriously. And it's it's what it is at this point. And at least we're not watching like a TLC white ass show at this point. All right? We actually have choices to watch Asian families in these shows now, right? <laughs> that's cool. I think that's pretty cool actually at the end of the day. So yeah, cool. All right. Um, all right. Well, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation about Asian reality TV, particularly House of Ho. And I'm very much looking forward to trying to check out what's in store for this new medium of Asian American reality TV. So thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. This episode of Thank You Enjoy was produced by Casey Lee, audio mixed and edited by Ethan Lee, graphic and logo design by Chris Kim, on Instagram at Chuffimation, and intro and outro music by yours truly, Ethan Lee.